1: Welcome to Your Next Step. I'm Pastor Doyle from The Church Next Door. Today, I want to talk to you about just the goal. What do you think the goal is in being a Christian? What is the goal that God has for you? It's amazing. In Colossians chapter 2, it's this this invitation from Paul to the church. And he says, uh, my goal is that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that you may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that you may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. So he's wanting you and I to mature. He wants us to know the difference between right and wrong. He doesn't want us to be confused. Then in verse 8, he says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. So I believe that there's a deceptive philosophy out there that's trying to take you captive. And the reason I do is because the Word of God tells me so. So this week and next week and the following week, we're going to talk about fantasy world. We're going to unpack what God says, and we're going to look at what the world says, because you and I have to know the difference so that we can live God's way. I hope you'll be a part of this. Invite your friends to join us for this series. Share it with a friend. Help us get the Word out there. Go and visit our website, yournextstepnow.com. We're beginning a new series. It's called fantasy world. All right. And, and this, is, this is what I've learned in, in life. A fantasy is a lot like a mirage. You know a mirage? Maybe you saw one of those old movies and someone's out in the desert and they think they see water and they see life on the horizon and they head towards that mirage. You know what I'm saying? And as they get closer, it begins to disappear. And see that's what a fantasy is a fantasy is is this this idea this concept that appears good in your mind but as you get closer to the reality you find out that you've believed a lie and it disappears right before you See, our world offers us these fantasies, these ideas, these, these worldviews that, that, that they take God out, they set him to the side and say, you can live life without God. And ultimately, that's a fantasy. It's dangerous. And it'll harm you. And what I found is when you live from the, from the perspective of a fantasy, when you set God aside and try to do life without God, You end up lonely, heartbroken, destroyed, Every everything. If you try to set God aside, it will not produce the fruit you hope to have. All right. So that's what we're going to dive in today. In the next couple of weeks, I want you to hang on for the ride. Don't go anywhere. All right. So let me ask you a question before we begin, because today we're talking about fantasy world. And we're going to talk about just the whole idea of worry and anger. Let me ask you, how much worry is too much in your life? How much worry is too much? How, okay, let's, let's do it other. How much anger is too much in your life? See, this is the fantasy that our world gives us. Our world tells us I can handle it. So you feel worry kind of kind of creep up inside you or you feel anger creep up inside of you. And this is what you tell yourself. I can handle it. You realize that you were not designed for worry or anger you were designed for peace and joy. God put us in the garden. God put us in a place of his presence in relationship with him. We abandon that. I get that. It's, it's our fault. Okay. We, we own that. But see, what happens is you and I live in a generation that tells you it's okay to be angry. You live in a generation that tells you it's okay to worry. And guess what? worry and anger will destroy the relationships of your life. It'll destroy your relationship with God. And so let's, let's take some time to peel that back and ask God to help us in that Lord. We bow before you because we can't do this on our own. So we ask you bring your word alive. Speak to us, help us to see through the veil and see the truth that we might be free today in the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. Okay, so if you have a Bible, I want you to open it up to the book of Colossians, okay? If you've got a Bible app, just open it up to Colossians. Open it up. I want you to see it for yourself, but I'm going to give you the context while while you're getting your apps ready, okay? So the book of Colossians is written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Colossae. Now, it's not just to Colossae, because he also mentions there the church at Laodicea. What's unique about this, this writing, what's unique about this book is that Paul is writing to a church that he hasn't met. So the gospel came to them. The good news of Jesus Christ came to the church at Colossae because there was this dude that was hanging out among the, the God followers and he heard the message of Jesus, the Messiah, and he was so transformed by it. He was so encouraged by it. He went home to share it with his own community. And along the way, he shared it with some other people, and so what they started to do was they began to gather together regularly, probably once a week at least, and they worshiped God, and they talked about the ancient writings of the Hebrew prophets and how Jesus was a fulfillment of that and and that's how a church was started now, Paul got word that 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 this church had been started in Colossae and another one at Laodicea and it's possible that there was a letter written to Laodicea that we don't have, okay? We know that they became a significant part of the church because John talks about it in the book of Revelation. I don't want to go there right now. I just want you to know that, that Paul writes this group of people and he's trying to encourage, he was trying to help them. He says, your faith is just as good as all the other churches that have been started by the other apostles. See, what would happen is this. Some people would believe, well, our church is second class because we didn't have the apostle. We didn't have Peter or John or Paul. You see, you know that happened because you're a human being, right? And other people, other people said to them, well, your church just isn't as good as our church. You don't have a video wall. All right. You know what I'm saying? Bunk. All right. Well, Paul writes to this church. He's trying to encourage him in the faith. But along the way, they've heard about the fact that he's been stoned and we're not talking about a chemical experience. Okay. They they, they find out about the abuse that he's been receiving in, in, in getting the gospel out to these other churches. And he says, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And then in the middle of that conversation, he says, this is what I want. I want to tell you about what the goal for you is. Okay, so listen, if you would, Colossians chapter two, beginning in verse one, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally pause. Sorry, you got to hit the little pause button for a second there. So Paul, he says, I'm working really hard. I'm suffering in the gospel uh, for the Gospel and and I want you to know that why does Paul want them to know that he wants them to know number one that to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is not easy. Do not believe that Jesus who died on a cross and suffered hello by a vow get a clue if Jesus suffered why wouldn't you think a world that that is so evil would not cause you to experience some suffering. Okay. And secondly, he says, those of you that are in ministry, and then he wants to say, all of you are in ministry. Once Jesus has saved your soul, you're going to suffer and don't let that keep you from being a disciple or serving God or ministering. Don't let difficulty slow you down. Don't let don't don't let resistance keep you from the kingdom of God, just recognize that's part of the difficulty in this world. See, can I just say that this is part of the fantasy? Well, if you love Jesus, God will make everything beautiful and sweet. I noticed your chuckle. See what I'm saying? This is reality. So Paul is he's, he's dealing in reality, isn't he? Paul from the beginning is not playing games with them. He's honest and upfront about it. Okay. And I want to be honest with you. Keep going, verse two. My goal, this is Paul's goal. And he's not he's not just writing to Colossae, right? He's he's writing to everybody who's getting his message, right? That 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 have heard it, whether they've heard it from him personally or they've heard it through somebody else. Okay. My goal for you, my goal is that you may be or they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. In order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, the Messiah, Jesus, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you. Because there's people out there that are going to try to trick you and deceive you by fine sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Pause again. Notice that he says I'm with you in spirit. He's not saying something goofy or weird. He's just saying we're on the same team. He's saying, my heart is for you. I think about you all the time. I pray for you. I've heard the testimony of other people coming out of Colossae, how you, without an apostle showing up, have believed another brother's testimony and how his life was transformed through the love of Jesus Christ by relying on the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, God's son, dying on a cross, rising from the dead. It transformed his life. It's transforming your life the same way it transformed me, and we are on the same team who day (laughs) see that's what Paul is trying to do and see the reason you and I gather the reason you and I come together is to keep that going within us don't go back don't start believing some some crazy talk from somebody else don't be deceived be clear on this the early church the church today needs to know there are people that are trying to deceive you Get you to believe a lie, a fantasy, something that's far from God. They want to take some of the things of this world and mix it in and say, it's okay, because we've mixed it in with Jesus. Uh-uh. It's either pure Jesus or you're in a mess or six. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness see how strong he wants them to be see how he wants them. he says you're disciplined you're disciplined you have self-control you don't just run around letting your urges run your life you, your thoughts Your intentions, they're all impacted by the word of God and the message of Christ. You see your life through the lens of a world of the cross of Jesus Christ to transform history and to give new life. Verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. What's he saying? He's saying that there are people that will come along with with teachings and philosophies and ideas that that they appear to be of power and significance when all they are is hollow. There's not more to it. And see, people are going to give you a form of spirituality. It's built, built on the reality. Yes, there are spiritual forces in this world. We do not deny that. But there is a greater force. There's a greater power. It's the creator God. It's Yahweh. It's it's the God of Israel, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He created the universe. He put the stars into place. And he sent his son, the Messiah, Jesus, to die on a cross. to, To break the hold of evil and sin over us. That we might have life in him. And he wants us to stay firmly established in that. Don't believe. Don't go back. See, the people that that Paul is talking to here didn't grow up in Jewish religious homes. They didn't grow up in a home where they believed in God and Yahweh. They didn't have an outline for what was morality. They lived in a world that was polytheistic, pantheistic. There were many gods, many spiritual forces that needed to be worshiped. There were many things that you had to do. Every day was a constant work of effort to please these gods and these spiritual forces, and Paul is saying, don't believe it. Those are philosophies. And then they're built on also on elemental spiritual truths. Stick with Jesus, the Jesus that brought you peace, the one that gave you life, the one that died for you. That's the kind of God you want to live for. Not a God that wants you to die. Not a God that wants you to serve them, a God that served you. You when, when, When Paul writes them, he says, God's word invites us. What does he say? Invites us to understanding and wisdom. So what he says is there's a, there's a spiritual realm and there's an understanding and a wisdom that comes from God that can help you see through this so that the fantasy won't overtake you, but the world invites us to something without Christ. <laughs> it's interesting what the, what the world does is they say, well, we'll take Christ and set it aside. What you need to do is, is listen to us. And, and, the, and the world invites you and I to, to horoscopes. huh? It says you're worried. You want to know the future? Open up your horoscope. Or it says, how about this? You just need to meditate. If, if you're anxious and you're angry, you just need to meditate. Choose one of these forms of meditation that doesn't have God involved. Not on his word, not on Christ Jesus, but just try meditation. It'll make you feel better. Or, or maybe they tell you this. What you need to do is just start speaking your reality. Just start just start saying over yourself what you want, and it'll begin to be manifest. See, this is, these are the hollow and deceptive philosophies that have been printed and reprinted for generations after generation. But they are. They are without God. In every one of them, they take God and set it aside. See, there, it's a fantasy. It's a lie. You cannot get the results you want unless you tap in to the ultimate source. And what they do is they're these hollow and deceptive philosophies. And that's what Paul is warning them about. And I'm here to warn you today, I'm here to tell you that, that if you begin to believe that, that you can think that somehow you can have a, a form of godliness, but yet deny his power, as, as Paul said to Timothy. If you think that somehow you can believe that, that you can love God and, and practice these other things, you can't. Because you're inviting other spiritual forces into your life besides his. The only spiritual force you want to be guided by is the creator of the universe. The only one that has the ultimate power and authority over your life in this world. You, you surrender yourself through him, but you're not acceptable in your own right. You're only acceptable through the cross of Jesus Christ, through the work that he did on your behalf. Because see, you could never be righteous in your own righteousness. That's what he invites us to. It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy to believe that you can interact in this world ungodly in ways that oppose the principles of God and get godly results. Here's a a definition of fantasy, okay? I put it in your notes: fantasy. An act or thought, an act or thought of imagining things, especially things that are impossible or improbable. I mean, can I just tell you? That could also be the definition of insanity, couldn't it? (laughs) To believe that something that's impossible or improbable will give you results. And yet you and I live in a generation and an age where we invite you to fantasize about everything. And and I'm not against you creating your own little avatar to, to, to be your icon online. I'm just saying If you believe that that is going to be your reality and thrust you into something on a spiritual plane, you you are going to be left in pain and in anguish. The whole idea for this series actually came from Dr. Corey Teague. He spoke here last year about this time. You may know him as Master's Dad, all right? Dr. Teague is a, is a professor of psychology and, and, and a counselor at, at the Middle Tennessee State University. He's a friend of ours. He's a friend of yours. And, and, and because he preached here last week, year, excuse me, last year, he, he, he was so touched by that experience. He wrote this book called Got Milk. and, 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 and he dedicated it to you. He, he said, I was so amazed that, that I was asked to speak. And I was so amazed that God would give me that opportunity. And in his discussion with you last year, and in his discussion in this book, he talks about fantasy. And then listen to what, what Corey has to say about fantasy. He says, when we attempt to live with no faith in God, we stumble. If we are not living in faith, we're living in fantasy. We're living in the belief that somehow we can be godly, yet say, I don't have to follow godly ways. See, God has always required his people. If you want his blessing, you have to be obedient. And we've lived in a generation and it's, it's happened within the church. And I'm, I'm shocked by it. The church broad has told people that, that, well, yeah, God has his way, but you know, there's a lot of grace. He'll, he'll, he'll forgive you for that. I don't believe that God is sloppy and I, I don't believe that you and I should be sloppy towards God. Do I believe that He'll forgive you if you, if you slip up, if you make a mistake? Yes. But let's not take God for granted. Let's not begin to, to, to ignore His prerequisites, His requirements, His standards. See, you have a relationship with God and any relationship has requirements. It requires respect or it's not a relationship. And we've lived in a generation that says, I don't have to respect God. And that's a fantasy because we believe that we could disrespect God and his standards for morality and relationship and still think we could get godly results. You won't. That's a fantasy. That's what Corey's talking about here. Fantasy is wanting God to bless you, but you don't have to be obedient to God. Fantasy is in believing that I can have godly results, but live ungodly it won't work. Don't do it. Don't do it. In John chapter three, Jesus is teaching. And there's this this religious guy, this guy who's grown up in a godly home. He's a Pharisee. His name is Nicodemus. And Nicodemus hears about Jesus and he's intrigued because he's heard of the miracles that Jesus does, where, where Jesus heals people, Jesus delivers people, where Jesus, you know, He forgives their sins, and that really upsets people. And he says, but I got to know more. And so he sneaks out at night. He sneaks out one night. I think this is funny. Because many of you did that. You snuck to church, and you sat on the back row, and I'm not picking on the back row. I know you guys back there. Hi, George. Some of you, you, you go online. And what you're doing is, you're just trying to, you're trying to get within earshot of God, and, and you're trying to figure it all out. This is what Nicodemus is doing. You might be a Nicodemus, okay? And Nicodemus is there with Jesus, and they're talking, and, 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 and finally, Jesus looks at Nicodemus, and he says, Nick, what you need is just to be born again. Now, that's become common vernacular, especially in the 1970s and 80s. We talked a lot about you must be born again. And and Nicodemus hears this and he's like, what? How can I be born again? You expect me, a grown man of all these years, to re-enter my mother's womb and start all over again? And he's just kind of frustrated with Jesus. And what Jesus is trying to say is, Nick, you're not getting it, man. You need a fresh start. You need a do-over. You need to begin your life again on the spiritual level, but this time you've got to trust God instead of yourself. See, before, you've been trusting in the religion. You've been trusting in your list of rules, and I want you to trust the relationship with God and His love. Missed part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. If you'll pray with me right now, I believe that God's going to move, that God's going to change some lives, that God is going to transform the world in which we live in. And so I invite you right now, let's just, let's do this together. Let's not waste any more time. Let's just bow our heads and go before God. Let's just pause and pray for our children and our grandchildren. Father, your word speaks of our families as though they are a quiver, like they are arrows. In the hands of a skilled archer. God, you know that when that archer grabs that bow and he pulls it back, he's very intent. The, the king came to the man of God and he said, strike the ground with the arrows, and he did not strike it enough. And he said, too bad. He said, if you had struck the ground more more would have happened. So today we strike the ground on behalf of our arrows, on behalf of our children and our grandchildren, and we aim them at you. We are praying today that our children and our grandchildren would be submitted to you. You wanted our quiver to be full. You have given us this quiver. And we're asking you, if it is your decision to give us more, that that is our submission to you. But God, we're praying that our children would honor you, that they would serve you. God, we're praying that they would get... The best education to fit their gifts, their ability, so they might fulfill their calling, which would bring glory to your name and would bring more people into the kingdom of God, into your fellowship and serving you. Total submission and obedience to your authority and power. That's our prayer. It's our prayer that they would submit our, their selves to your will the way we have had to learn to submit ourselves. May they have a heart for prayer. May they have a hunger for righteousness. May they have a knowledge of your word. May they be able to stand against the devil's schemes and the evil lies of this present darkness and that they would lead, they would lead their generation even better than we have ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, know, I know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that. But I wanna take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com, that's our website, and give us your email address and we're gonna give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free, it's not gonna cost you. You just have to give me your email address and then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me and agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you, so go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step.
0: I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just... You leave like, so refreshed.
1: And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of The Church Next Door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org.
0: Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text one 38 story one 38 story or visit Weslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-media.com.